Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, Heal Squad. It's Better Together with Maria Menunos. And yes, as you can tell, I am not Maria Menunos. I'm Mr. Maria Menunos. Kevin Undergaro sitting in for my beautiful and talented wife. Another great show. Uh, for me, another great day at school, <laughs> where I just learned so much. And some of these quotes that our guests give us, I have to say, Kelsey, they they knock the wind out of me. Right. The old 20th century Boston guy wants to say, what a need of the balls. <laughs> but on your show, I will not say that. I will just say, they just knock the wind out of they me. Do. So listen to this one. Two wolves stand on your shoulders. One is fear. The other is love. The one who wins is the one you feed. I mean. Right? Is that just me? No. Right? I read that and was like, holy Jesus. Yeah. And that is from Ryan Weiss. And if you want to know who Ryan is, Ryan Weiss may be one of LA's premier life coaches, but the road there is just as unique as Ryan's teachings. A young dancer who was cast in Broadway's Wicked Ryan performed for four years before returning to his hometown of Los Angeles. There, Ryan began a successful career at a popular talent agency, but found himself feeling unfulfilled emotionally. Spending his entire life chasing after goals made him feel empty once he reached them. After a life-changing encounter with a life coach, Ryan discovered that he could become his true self while helping others. Since then, Ryan has developed his own unique spin on advice by creating the Daily Mail, Daily Email Chain, Waking Up With Ryan, sent to thousands of eager readers, Waking Up With Ryan helps the everyday person start their mornings with intention and purpose. Better to get in the Heel Squad, we are proud to welcome Mr. Ryan Weiss to our show. My dogs have been huge teachers of mine, just infinitely loving. Um, I'd say my relationships, my most intimate relationships have been my biggest teachers. Um, Byron Katie if you're familiar with her no. and the work. So kind of similarly, you mentioned Dr. Ammon earlier, and I wrote down Byron Katie's name because she has something called the work, 
And Byron Katie says, who's, by the way, if you're listening, just go on YouTube and start, just type in B-Y-R-O-N, Byron Katie. She is the most loving, compassionate presence. And Byron Katie says, the only thing that can make us suffer is believing a thought that we haven't questioned. Boom. The only thing that can make us suffer is believing a thought we haven't questioned. So she came up or she kind of divinely received what she calls the work, which is four questions and a turnaround. And so I could tell a story, a quick story about this. Please. We have the time. We we do. Okay, great. So I think this was probably 12 years ago when I first started reading and listening to Byron Katie. And Um, I was in this super frustrated place where I was going through a lot. I was quitting the entertainment industry. I didn't know what my career was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I was spending the little savings that I had. I I didn't have like a family or friends that I could quote borrow money from. I had no credit. Like I was not, it was like this really intense. um, I took a leap (laughs) and I was falling. Um, And I was really in this vulnerable place. And I remember feeling like, you know, my parents who out of their love for me took a really defensive posture and were like, what are you doing? This is insane. How are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to eat? Like this is, and so anytime I would kind of bring up kind of my vulnerabilities or my feelings or whatever, I felt like shut down. I felt like there was no relating. There was no... And so I had this story in my head proved out in the evidence that my mom doesn't listen to me. Mm-hmm. She doesn't listen to me. When I call her, she's doing her makeup. She's blowing out her hair. She's interrupting me. She's telling me about the meeting she's going to. She's, she doesn't listen to me, which was really painful. Then I did Byron Katie's work. <laughs> ah. And she has four questions and a turnaround. So the first question, so you come up with your, what she has, like your judge your neighbor statement my judging statement about my mom was my mom doesn't listen to me. First question, is it true? I'm like, hell yeah, it's true. Here's all the reasons I I just shared with you. (laughs) Question number two, can you know without a shadow of a doubt that that statement is true? And I was like, fuck, I I can't. Maybe while she's doing her hair and blowing it out and talking about this, Maybe she hears me too. Maybe she is listening to me. Like maybe sometimes she hears me. Question number three, what happens or how do you feel when you believe the thought? My mother doesn't listen to me. Like, well, I feel rejected. I feel small. I feel unloved. I feel uncared for. I feel unsafe. I feel that I don't matter. Number four, who would you be if that thought never occurred to you? And I flashed, I flashed to a moment before getting on the phone with my mom. And I realized that when I see her calling, I have this stress response because she doesn't listen to me. So what the fuck's the point? So I was like, well, if I didn't believe that, if that thought never occurred to me, I'd get on the phone with her just like I get on the yeah. phone with anybody else. Yeah. Fifth question, <laughs> no, not fifth question, four questions and a turnaround. Change one word in the sentence that makes the opposite of the sentence true. This is where it got really interesting. Change one word in the sentence to make the opposite of the sentence, uh, to make the opposite of the sentence, to make 
the sentence mean the opposite. So my mother doesn't listen to me, change one word, my mother listens to me. It's like, okay, that, that feels good. I don't know that it really feels true. And I was like, well, let me, let me see if I can play around a little more. And I switched the pronouns and the noun. And I said, from my mother doesn't listen to me. Oh, we're going to bring tears to me. I don't listen to my mom. Oh. And I was like, Heavy. oh my God. When I'm on the phone with my mom and she's yapping away and talking about whatever she's talking about, I'm not listening to her. I'm listening to my frustration about the fact that she's talking all the time, about the fact that there's no space for me to be heard. And I realized, how the hell am I supposed to expect to be heard if I'm not going to listen? And so it's, again, that giraffe thing. If I truly want to be a healer in the world, I I start right here. So I made a commitment. Anytime I'm on the phone with my mom, I'm going to listen and I'm going to make listening to her my number one priority. So what I did practically was anytime she'd be calling me, if I was like in mode, in movement, in stress, I wouldn't pick up because I knew I wasn't going to have the capacity to listen. Yeah. Deeply. Yeah. To hold. Yes. Hold. So then I would wait until I could take a few minutes, meditate a little, take some breaths. And then I would repeat, I listen to my mother. I listen to my mother. I intend to listen deeply. Then I would call her. This happened for a few weeks until one day my mom called me for the first time in my life. And she said, you know, I just want to say to you, I feel so much closer to you than I've ever felt. Wow. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. So Ryan, we, I swear, I, I, I think... I've said it before on the show. I've experienced it myself. Other healers like you have corroborated it, and I hope you can too. But isn't it true that sometimes we do the work for the other parties in our lives and they shift because of the work we did? It's a great statement. Yes, 100%. However, they may not shift in the way we want them to shift. Oh my God. So let's talk. She shifted in a cool way though, right? Totally. But what, so give me an example of when they don't, I want to, cause I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Cause I think I've experienced it yeah. too. Yeah. Um, this happened a lot more in my earlier kind of waking up. Yes. To, to myself. Cause that's my really, ego. that's traumatic to those around you because it's such a close to you, yeah. 180. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear about their Yes. Cause those are the shifts I also see too, but I want, yeah. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Listen, people are used to us being who we've been. Yeah. So if we've been in ego reactivity and judgment and blame and, and, and living in our traumatic wounds and not knowing how to nurture ourselves and therefore defending ourselves and attacking others, that's how, that's who we've been in right. people's lives. And that's what they're used to. Um, and they know how to interact with that. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of safety, even though it's an insecure yes. attachment, 
there's a certain amount of safety of knowing this is how we're attacked. Yeah, and, and or even if you feel like a victim, you're, the, the community is also victims. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's cool. Like, mm-hmm. we're all going to drink and yeah. party together because, yeah, life just sucks. Like you said, the universe sucks. But, hey, man, whatever, I'll, I'll, you know, two more Bud Lights or whatever, the, mm-hmm. you know, two more Cosmopolitans, whatever your thing is. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, yes, and when you make that shift, some of those people are like, whoa, what, right? Like, what's going on with you? Totally. Well, so there's two things that happen. One is it dysregulates the relationship because you're now showing up in a way that's different. So they're like, wait, I don't know how to feel safe here. I don't know how to relate here. I'm used to being relating to you in a different way. You're not holding the space for that right now. So I don't know how to relate here. So that's on the other, that's the other person's experience. One of the things that also happens though is especially at the beginning of our waking up, we go so far in the other direction. We've suddenly found Jesus and everything's great. And my mind has changed forever. And it's all about gratitude. And it's all about ayahuasca. And it's all about (laughs) like enlightenment. And it's like so disconnected from reality. Yeah. Right. And I'm not knocking that. I kind of am. But you, we have to kind of well, go through. It's almost phase route. one. No, no, it's phase yeah. one of, yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh my God, you don't understand what I just did. Because I see it with Maria all the time yeah. after she does her shows. She'll run in and be like, you don't understand what I just discovered. It's just brain. Like, ah. And I'm this, and I, you know, like two years ago, I'd be like, oh, really, Maria? Like, but yeah, you're just so excited because you've yeah. seen something so glorious and so yeah. magical. Well, and I'd say the excitement is cool, the excitement yes. is great. Is it embodied is the question. Are you living it yet? Right. Because the problem is most people stay there. They stay in phase one and they stay in the thinking about the spiritual topics and the Mm. spiritual tools. Yeah. But they never really learn. Of Course in Miracles says you cannot bring the light to the dark. Yeah, no. You have to bring the dark to the light. You have to go into the – the world does not need more light workers. The world needs more shadow workers. The world needs people who can go into the depths of the pain within our own systems and bring it to the light, bring it to the light of our own consciousness. So true spirituality in its highest form is the same thing as psychology. It's, it's about um, embodying the practices and the beliefs, not just thinking them and and reciting them to people right i remember a long time it's like learning to follow people's actions it's like how many young women millennial women do i know who are starting to date these men who have like done 16 ayahuasca ceremonies and are suddenly this like enlightened master and know how to worship to the altar of the divine feminine and then as soon as there's an issue in their relationship he's like bye i'm out the mask Mm -hmm. falls off Mm -hmm. goodbye completely yes so and there's a by the way there's a lot of that crap in the world of healers and spiritual teachers like if you want to find a healer or spiritual teacher to help you with relationships probably a good idea they're in one probably a good idea that they actually know how to move i mean listen i bring it over to business when i see uh how many people are taking advice from people in business and i will say um are any of them six like like supremely successful? I'm talking like self-made multimillionaires. Like I, I I'm not see, funny. Howard Stern last week was ribbing on his guys. He was baiting them and asking them, you know, 
they were how they were spending their money they were spending it pretty moronically and 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 in Howard's way he really does care and he wants to see them invest better and he's tried to advise them but they they know better than him and he was basically said to them you know who are you getting advice from and and he was they were, he was asking who's the you know who's the smartest more, more, more person most successful person you know and they were just naming the most random people and he was like he and he, Howard never has wanted to talk about his own money but he basically was like I'm like maybe 50 million away from being a billionaire. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? And you're not like he was, but I see that in our, my uh, business world all the time. Like, who are you taking advice from? And in the spiritual world, yeah. Like, are you in a, a relationship? Do you have, you know, uh, yes, it's a great kind of um, tool. It's a yeah. great barometer. Yeah. The Course of Miracles calls that the unhealed healer. Oh. A lot of unhealed healers well, out there. And Ryan, Not that we have to be fully healed. No, I don't know, think we ever serve. will be. I think we're even no. like we've had Deepak Chopra on. We've had people, and I, I can f see where they have pain and yeah, things. Course. Of course, we all have that. We're never going to be. It's just trying to get there. But I feel like well, in the um in the the kind of Instagram influencer world, it becomes so sexy and so attractive to become a healer to get all those likes, get those dopamine hits, you know, and, um, and, uh, and then your ego, like you said, is controlling the narrative. And, and so, yeah, I, I see a lot of people who go from the magical part of the awakening, don't do the work and they're right out there and teaching and stuff. And I'm like, Ooh, no, 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 no. It comes down to you. It's like anything, which we keep hearing for any person who's successful at whatever they do on this show it seems to always come back to one thing as we interviewed Rosie Acosta about yesterday, the work. Mm, God, yeah. dude, you gotta, you gotta, they can't get around the work. So you yeah. have the awakening and you see all these magical things like that could be, but then you went to work, Ryan, right? You yeah. went to work on learning and learning about yourself and learning the practices and doing the practices and doing the work. And Can I, I ask you a question? How to, Kev? Yes, yeah. Stephen. Um, so yeah, Stephen, nice to, nice to have you, Ryan. Um, really loving the episode so far. I wanted to ask, you know, based on that and based on what Kevin's saying about doing the work beforehand, you know, when you become a life coach, what's the moment where you feel like you've done enough work? Was there ever like a moment where you're just like, I think I'm finally ready with myself that I could feel comfortable giving advice yeah, to other good people? Good question. Yeah, good question. Great question. You know, my own journey is... I think an interesting one because I really didn't choose to become a coach. Um, and, and she's very public about this, about this story, but really the cliff notes are, is that, um, well, somebody in a very public figure had a 10 year multiple sclerosis diagnosis. She hadn't booked television work in four years. She was single. She was just having really a super dark night of the soul, losing the function of her left leg. And this was about a year after I quit the entertainment industry and about six years deep into my spiritual practice and my spiritual life. And I had spent the last year just deep in studies um, and not knowing what I was going to do with my life. And I ran into this person who I knew from when I worked at WME in my agent days. And we got to talking. She was kind of like, 
I'm used to you in a suit and a BMW, and now you're in yoga pants. You have a feather in your hair, but, and talk Ryan, about those early moments, right? And Ryan, you what know, it's so funny. I think I know who you're talking about, who I also have worked with, and just by what you're saying, I think I know who she is. Just mm. like by that tone. Which She's is, public about it. It's Jamie Lynn Sigler, if you're familiar with yes, Jamie Lynn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We had the same yeah. publicist for a long time. And oh, beautiful. She's a good kid. All right, but continue, continue. Yeah. So, so we ran into each other in a smoothie bar. She's like, what the hell happened to you? I was wearing yoga pants. <laughs> you know, I was driving yeah. a smart car. And I just shared, you know, I, I'm fully committed to my mental health work, my spiritual work, my daily practices. She's like, well, what are you going to do? professionally I was like I really don't know I know it's going to have something to do with with helping others in the way that I'm learning um she was like well what's your plan I was like I I don't have one like I wake up every morning and I'm kind of like all right universe show me and I'm really more focused on my own healing work right now and she was like oh well cool good to see you Mm. and the next day she called and and asked if I could come over and I did and that's when she shared about her MS and her pain and and part of me was sitting there going, why is this person telling me, not this person, I love her, but, but what, how can I help her, right? This mm-hmm. kind of imposter. And another part of me was like, very clear on the work I've been doing with the Course in Miracles. And the Course teaches that sickness is created by a stress we put on the body that the body is not meant to handle. And that that ultimate stress we put on the body is the yeah. belief that we are the body. It's a disconnection from the real self that puts a stress on the body that the body can't carry, which creates stress and symptoms, et cetera. And the body speaks to us. It's trying to get us to recognize who we truly are and what we're actually connected to so that we can offload some of the stress that we've been carrying our whole life so that it can function appropriately. And so we're just like talking about this and it was pretty miraculous. There was a really miraculous thing that happened where she was able to move her leg in a way that she hadn't been able to in 10 years. It was really miraculous. And I left and, and the next day I was looking for apartments. I had $200 in my bank account, literally. I moved out of the house that I was living in. I moved into my sister's house um, I had for two weeks. I had gone to be looking for apartments. I went to Silver, like $200. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Talking to the universe, show me, thank you. show me uh, um, saw a couple places in Silver Lake got a phone call from Jamie Um, actually my story is off a little bit regardless this was all intertwined in the same day I've been looking for apartments I went to go look at uh, went to go visit with Jamie we had this miraculous three hours together I left her house I got a phone call from a colleague of mine who had worked at WME with me there's a reason I'm sharing all these details a colleague who I hadn't spoken to in a couple of years at this point, who I loved. She had the office next to mine at WME. She was awesome. I leave Jamie Lynn's. She calls me. I'm like, she says, what are you doing? I've been thinking about you. I said, I'm in West Hollywood. I'm just leaving a friend's house. I have some time to kill before going to a Marianne Williamson lecture. <laughs> she says, oh, I moved to West Hollywood a year ago. Come over. Happens that she's literally around the corner and I'm driving by her building as we're on the phone. I go to her building. Um, I put my hand on the wrought iron fence to open the gate to walk into her building. And a man's voice says to me, welcome home. And I look around and there is no man there. And I walk into this courtyard. I know, wild story. And imagine me, this like, quote, smart agent guy experiencing Mm -hmm. hearing a voice. 
I walk into the courtyard, beautiful Mother Mary statue over the, over the fireplace outdoor. There's a dude playing guitar on the balcony, smoking cigarettes. There's this gorgeous fountain in the center. I walk into Sean's unit. And as soon as I stepped on the floor, I heard, this is your home. That same man's voice said, this is your home. And Sean, my, my friend says, what did you just say? I hadn't said anything. I said, what? nothing. She said, you just said you're supposed to live here. Are you looking for an apartment? I was like, yeah, just as of this morning. She says, Barry across the way moved out this morning. No one ever moves out of this building. There's a huge wait list. Come with me, takes a flashlight, takes my hand, runs me across the courtyard, shines it in. Turns out James Dean lived in this unit, mm. built in 1921. So beautiful, clay, authentic floors, a hearth fireplace, just like this beautiful, small, little sanctuary. I leave. She's like, are you seriously looking for a place? I was like, yeah, I'm seriously looking for a place. I leave. I go to the Marion Williams lecture. I wake up the next morning. I get a phone call from the landlord at Harper and Fountain saying, hi, everyone in the building sent me an email this morning. I got eight emails saying we want Ryan Weiss to move in. I hadn't met any of them. Sean went door to door, knocking on their doors saying email Allegra right now. She says, we have this great meeting. She says, write me a check for 2,500 bucks um, and the place is yours. I had $200 in my bank account. I get in my car. I said to her, let me go get my checkbook. I get in my car, I start driving and I'm like, okay, God, I freaking start looking for apartments. I happen to find this unbelievable place. I just met with the landlord. I'm hearing voices in my head telling me this is my home. I didn't feel crazy at all. I felt like totally in my body. And I just said, show me. My phone starts ringing. It's Jamie Lynn. She says, I woke up this morning for the first time in 10 years. I threw my covers off. I danced around my house as mm. if I was Belle and Beauty and the Beast again on Broadway. I haven't done that in years. Um, it lasted for about an hour. Then I realized what I was doing and all the pain yeah, in my leg came, came back. back. Yep. Yeah. And I said, and she said, something happened yesterday. I want to hire you as my life coach. This is, there's a reason I'm telling you this story, Stephen. She said, I'm going to hire you as my life coach. I said, I'm not a life coach. I knew one life coach at the time that I thought was smarmy. I just didn't like it. This is 11 years ago. Um, I said, I'm not a life coach, but let me introduce you to Marion Williamson. Let's get you a copy of A Course in Miracles. Let's find you a health coach. Like, I'm so here for you. She said, nope, I've tried so much of that. Yes, I want to meet Marion Williamson. <laughs> but I've tried so much of that. Um, I've spent all this money over a decade, like... I feel more free from what we did yesterday and I'm hiring as my life coach. I hired a life coach once. He charged me for 10 sessions at a time, $250 a piece. Where are you right now? I have a check for $2,500 with I your name on it. it. Oh my God. So that moment, I mean, right? it was undeniable. All my practical, rational head that my parents were like, what if this is medical malpractice? What if something happens to her? You can't be liable. You can't, all of that stuff just went out the window. It was just like, okay. And so I said, yes. And we started working together. And within three months, she booked a television series. She met Cutter, who's now her husband and the father of her children. Her life started turning around and it was this beautiful moment. Not that she was ever healed forever and ever. She still deals with all sorts of yeah, I know. challenges and stresses that she talks about publicly, but it was a big transformation in her life. Her friends started seeing a light come back on inside of her, and then they started hiring me. That's how my coaching practice started. Wow. I would say for the first seven years, I had lots of 
should I really be doing this? Is this really ethical? Do I really know what I'm doing? Yeah. And I had to move through a lot of that. And I would say about eight years in, they say 10,000 hours, you feel like you have a mastery at something. It was, there was a switch. I think a big switch happened when I started doing my own trauma-informed healing. And it moved from the Course in Miracles kind of spiritual, psychological, spiritual stuff to really being informed by the two things I said before. Healing happens when we create safe space for people to share their stories and we validate their emotions. When that piece came online, it was like everything synced up in my world, in my work. Um, and now I help people going through the hardest, most painful, challenging divorces or business losses or health conditions. Um, I'm very clear with them that I'm not licensed, that I am not a fair. I'm they're very clear in my contract of what I am not. <laughs> um, but and 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 I've never marketed my business. I've never paid a marketer. I've never done a paid ad. It's a hundred percent through word of mouth because my success is one hundred percent connected to the success and transformation of the people that I work with. So Stephen, that's a long way of answering your question to say it's only four years ago that I really started feeling, oh yeah, I know what I do. To me, like I, the work has to be done. You've got to do the work. You have to do the the self-care practices and you have to do yeah. the the readings and the teachings and the learning and um and then the putting the stuff into action. But it's difficult what what I find to be difficult is we kind of have these um conflicting narratives going on today today more than ever with the pandemic which is cuz we'll have even healers come on the show who you know are saying you know on the one hand go with your joy live your best life you know don't let uh, don't let jobs or whatever compromise your health that's not important your pieces and this that and the other thing but then they'll say um you really have to work hard. One person yesterday, Rosie Costa, who I, I love, and I loved her quote. The quote was something like, the, one of the most painful things for people is that is to realize that oh, they're not yeah. willing to work hard yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then hearing even from you, Ryan, like you got to do the work. So mm -hmm. I think I think sometimes, you know, that there's a conflict that's out there today with people is that, you know, and to me, the answer is, you know, obviously everything in balance, but at the end of the day, to achieve anything that's worthwhile you have to do the work you know so anyway that's one of the many things i got out of this today is that you it still comes back down that you have to do the work mm -hmm. well and i would just add to that sentiment that um there's a feminine approach to doing work and there's a masculine approach to Ooh, doing work. let's hear that um the masculine approach to work is what we think of as work, working hard, working strong, working long hours, busting through blocks. Yes. <laughs> like it's this arduous process. <sighs> yes. And I think that that's important, but it has to be balanced, right? We yeah. want the hard work. We want to create, we want to, we want to move through our blocks, but um, that's become so, um, lauded as the way to find success in the world and again we believe that we'll be sorry we believe that we will finally be deserving of love when we get success so we believe that if i work hard enough then finally i'll be loved and accepted which is all we really want right love and yeah. safety yeah 
Love acceptance it. equals safety. So if I work hard enough, I will achieve and then I'll be loved, which is literally the opposite of the truth, which is that you're born as love. You've always been love. You've never not been love. You've always been connected to this universe. You've always had your intuition. You've always been connected to creativity. And so the more feminine approach is not about working, quote, hard. Rather, it's about resting into the peace that's here for us. And that's why the sanctuary challenge is not called the sanctuary easy. It's called the sanctuary challenge because in the world in which we live, this hyper fast paced work hard mentality, mm-hmm. it's a real challenge to slow down, to rest and to learn how to nurture ourselves. Yeah. And when I say rest, I, yeah, I mean like sleep and naps, but I mean, what does it mean to rest into? So you think about, we're holding ourselves all the time, holding our muscles, holding our tissues, our tissues, our ligaments, our <laughs> tissues, our muscles, our bones, our skeleton. We're holding. We're holding so much because we believe we're not held. So we think we have to hold ourselves. Oh my hmm. So right now, I see you taking a deep breath. Yeah. That, yes. Because I. Kevin. Yes. So what if you take that deep breath right now? And what if all of our listeners and I'll do it with you? What if you take a deep breath for a moment and fill up with air? Hold that breath for a moment and realize there is an entire earth holding you up. You don't have to hold yourself. And as you exhale, you relax the weight of your body. So you can exhale now. Relax the weight of your body, recognizing the earth is holding you. That we can be held instead of always having to hold And so many of us who deal with codependency and anxious attachment and work, I have to work hard for everyone. Who holds us, right? So many of us, and I imagine Maria included, and you included, hold space for so many people. But who holds us? Yeah, Maria has always asked that too, you know, because she does hold for so many people. Yeah. So the feminine approach to work, the work, is less about achieving and crossing things off a list and more about dropping into the support that's already here for us. And this masculine and feminine can be applied by men or woman, correct? It's just an energy. Absolutely. We all have counterpoints of energy. Again, the masculine is only toxic when it's not balanced by the feminine. Mm. The feminine is the receiving, the feeling. Mm-hmm. The masculine is the working, the doing, the thinking. Masculine is action-oriented. Feminine is, like I said before, the art of doing nothing. Feminine is about receiving. So if you're an artist, uh, hell, even a lawyer or a podcaster, Whatever you do in the world, don't you want it to be inspired? Yeah. Don't you want it to, what you're, what you're putting into the world, don't you want it to be informed by wisdom, by art, by brilliance? Well, how do you expect to put anything out in the world that you're not receiving yourself? Because all you put onto the world is what's within you. Yeah. So if we don't drop into a receiving state to 
breathe in and rest into the natural brilliance that's here for us. And if you don't think there's natural brilliance here for you, Mm. well, just take a check at the billions or trillions of cells that live in and on your body that are all working together in perfect concert. (laughs) Whoa. Just go take a step into nature and look at a tree. Go cut a flower and look at a flower. I mean, nature is expressing its brilliance as us, all around us, in us. And so don't we want to connect to that brilliance? It's only the ego that says I'm separate from all of that. The cool thing is, is that it's not true. It's only in our mind. The terrible thing about that is it's in our mind. And our mind is our tool for perception. And if I believe the thought that I'm separate from all this brilliance, then I will experience life in a way that says I'm separate from all this brilliance. But if I can rest into the brilliance that's here, I start to experience, oh, wait, I really am supported. I don't have to react to the thing that person said because they actually can't threaten me. I'm loved by the universe. Like I'm safe. I'm actually safe. So what is there to defend? And I think there's so much about going into nature, like you were saying, Mm. is such a, like a, a means to help Mm. to get you there. Um, and that's why, you know, this forest bathing. And I know one therapist who just made me go down to the beach and put my feet in the water because we were in LA or, just even walking the grass barefooted to get grounded to nature. I, I think that's a, that's definitely a way to help. And I, I can't say enough, Ryan, too, how much what we eat and consume and put in our bodies toxifies us too, to prevent us from seeing all this, to, oh, you yeah. know, totally. just brings out so much of that stuff. Ryan, um, this was a really special interview for sure. Wait, I, we have to go back to imposter syndrome. Oh, because we can't forget about imposter syndrome. Oof, so if you have time, Ryan, we have, we, we got uh, kind we have of into so it. So many around. What do you want to know? About how many there are, or when you suffer? When you when feel you, it? When you suffer from it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know all the greats say they have those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go super metaphysical, spiritual on this one, and then we can find a way to practical if we want, or we can just keep it in the spiritual. <laughs> the ultimate imposter is the ego. The ego is the belief that I am a small separate thing. That's not what I am. That's not who I am. Of course, in miracles says is that I am, for lack of a better word, energy. I existed long before I was born and will exist long after I pass. My body is like a suit of clothes that I put on at birth and I take off when I pass at death. That who I truly am is a creation of this brilliant magnificent loving universe that who i truly am is an extension of this universe so marion williamson says if the universe or god is green felt then i too am green felt Mm. the only difference between me and god is that god created me i didn't create god say say that again the only difference between me and god is that i is that god created me i didn't create god when we are a collective what the Course in Miracles calls the sonship or the daughtership, the children, the creation of this universe. Look how powerful we are. As one being, we're destroying an entire planet. Look how powerful we are. Yes. We build countries that go to war with each other. 
but we also build magnificent technology and beautiful art. We are epically powerful. The Course says we are the creation of the universe. That's what we truly are. We are this energy. The ego says, no, no, I'm this body, right? Of course, the miracle says, I am not the body. I am free. I am as God created me. The body is a tool for learning and it's a vessel for communication. The body is a, is a tool for healing and it's a tool for healing when I can remember that you are not your body, that you are the light of this universe. That's what namaste means, right? We throw it around so much. All namaste means is the light in me salutes the light in you. Namaste means you're light and so am I. So we remind our mind of that. The ego says, no, no, you're not light. That's a nice concept, but that's mm -hmm. bullshit. You're the body. I'm the body. I'm the resume. I'm how much money I have or don't have. I'm my career. Mm. I'm my relationships. I'm my home. I'm my Gucci, Prod my Gucci Prada shoes. I'm my BMW, whatever it is. I am the things I have or don't have. That's the ego that says I am a small separate thing. That's the ultimate imposter. That's not who we truly are. When I am identified as my ego, I will always feel like I'm an imposter. That's where arrogance comes from. When I know who I truly am and rest into, into, into who I truly am, there's no need for arrogance. I don't need to prove to anybody. But when I'm feeling small and separate, then I have to prove that I'm not. This is that massive narcissism. This is the economy that we, we live in an economy that's been designed by mostly white men who feel so small and insignificant with such small dick energy yeah. that they feel that they need to prove to everybody that yeah. they are the most powerful person in the world and are willing to do anything to do so. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the world that we've, that we live in. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, so it's rooted in this imposter. And so anytime I'm in my ego, which I'm in mine all the time, you're in yours all the time, it's yeah. a part of our experience. Yep. Um, when I'm in my ego, I feel like an imposter. That comes out through, I'm not good enough to do this work. Can I really help people? Um, who am I to speak on that stage? You know, who am I to write that book? Marion Williamson writes in her book, A Return to Love, who am I not? to be beautiful and fabulous. I'm a child of God, mm -hmm. right? You know that quote, it's not our darkness, it's our light mm -hmm. that we most fear. Know that quote? Wow. Often Wait. misattributed to Nelson Mandela. No, I, he, he yeah. used it in his speech. So explain that to me. Yeah. Why Let do me we just read it to you accurately? Sure. First, that, and then... That we, um, we fear, it's the light that we fear the most? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you in just a moment in the way I see it, um, but I just want to read it to you accurately. Um, yeah, here it is. Our deepest fear. This comes from her book, A Return to Love, which is rooted in the principles of A Course in Miracles. <clears throat> Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. 
you're playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Mm. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. Not, it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give permission, give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So that sentence that you were asking about, it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. So when we are in the position of the ego, the small and separate, the ego, that us is afraid of light because the ego knows it's not ultimately real. The ego knows that the belief, which the ego is the belief that I'm separate, it knows that's not ultimately true, right? So it's threatened by light because light casts away all illusions. Light casts away darkness. The ultimate darkness is the belief that I'm separate. So the, so the ego is afraid literally for its life. If the light turns on within me, it'll shine on, it'll shine truth. Mm. And the truth will show the ego isn't real. The ego isn't ultimately real. It's an aspect of our experience. So it mm. seems very real. So the ego is afraid of the light and tries to keep us away from the light. Right? That's why we don't meditate. It's not because you don't have time. Right? We don't take care of ourselves, not because you don't have time. Everyone can find time to meditate. Everyone can find time to take care of themselves. Even if you have three young children and a job. Well, I would say there are certain people in the world with such dire realities that finding ways to take care of themselves is seemingly impossible, which mm -hmm. is horrible. And those of us who can take care of ourselves, I believe, have responsibility to serve those who can't. Um, but we don't not meditate because we don't have time or because our head is too loud. Underneath all of that, there is an egoic fear that if I meditate, if I practice my spirituality, if I do the work as you're saying, the ego is afraid it will disappear, it will vanish. And it wants to live. Absolutely. It wants to live on. Yeah. Wow. And have you read the book Ego is the Enemy? I've heard now you're the third person, so I will now have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, and I need to reread it because oh, uh, it keeps coming to me too, Ryan, where people will say ego is the enemy and they'll go over all of that. Um, Ryan, like I think I love your work. I love what you're doing, your spirit. I'm in alignment with uh, all of it. And I, to me, you know, I, th I, I bless your parents too. And if they are listening, because you know, whatever they did to, to create you and even, you know, four siblings who are, are men, men of God, like that's says a lot about your whole family, you know, and, uh, and you, you know, you needed to kind of go through all that to become, to, to find your calling and to be able to, um, be where you are now to give all this light to other people. So it's really cool. And I think a lot of people, yeah, we, ha yeah, we have the childlike view of our parents where, we have them as heroes. And then I see a lot, Ryan, where then we just make them total enemies. Like we blame them for everything. And the poor parents, like, I didn't know any better. I just, I just was proud of you. And I wanted to see you dance. You're a great dancer, Ryan. I wanted to, you know, so I think there's that, you know, empathy and compassion for them to understand. Totally. Yeah. And, and you know what, like I, the people that I see, I'm like, well, I kind of like you and I like where you're at now. And, you know, 
they had a hand in that. And so I think you have to honor it. So anyway, but I, 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 I just think it's fantastic what you're doing. And, um, I'm sure we'll, we will definitely be in touch more, um, more and more yeah. about this and about you. And, um, yeah, really good stuff, Ryan. And, um, I know Ryan, do you, what's Ryan's information that we can give out to our well, heel squad. Here. Ryan's Instagram is waking up with Ryan. You got to follow him. His stuff is amazing. Um, that clip he was talking about earlier, I went on there the other day and I was like, what the frick? Why did I need to hear this? So yeah, his stuff just hits you right in the heart. So waking up with Ryan. Also, everything you need to know about him is on his website, which is wakingupwithryan.com. Has all the good stuff on there. And then Ryan... Also, if you guys have the Quilt app, which we had Ashley Sumner, who's the founder of Quilt, on the other week, um, he is on their rent. Do you have specific days you're on Quilt? Yeah, uh, every Friday at 9 a.m. I mm. do like an interview. It'd actually be great to have you on there if you ever want to jump on. I would on. love to. When I need anything you need, Ryan, and I have some yeah. ideas for you as well when we talk off air that I want to yeah. put into play for you because uh, to help you get your work and your message out. But for Thank sure, 100%, I'm always here for you. And is it 9 o'clock yeah. Pacific? 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, we also started last week doing a little Shabbat on there. at oh. Friday, we'll see how often we do that. Um, and then also, just so people know, the I still do post often on Waking Up With Ryan. But since January, I focus a lot more on the Sanctuary Challenge Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So on that page is where like there's already like 45 live streams. There's like a library wow. of IGTVs on there with all of that, which is the, where you saw. Well, where, I think where you saw that other one. So we're at Instagram at the Sanctuary Challenge and then the website where people can sign up for free and invite their crew and all is uh, thesanctuarychallenge.com. Amazing. And... Thank you for doing what you're doing. No. And thank you for spreading the work of people like myself and like my best friend, Ashley Sumner. Mm. And um, I'm grateful for her for this uh, introduction. Thank you for doing this work. Thank you for being a um, source of opportunity for people to uh, start changing their lives and see things differently. And I really appreciate you inviting me on. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Where was Ryan at WME when we were there? Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> Where's Ryan? Where's Maria's agent? Yeah. Hey, Ryan Weiss, everyone. And uh, yeah, Ryan, we will, we will continue this conversation for sure. I look forward to it. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.